to set this up briefly just because I want you to know who's talking here. This is Jonathan Swan of Axios. And what's, uh, what's interesting about him, I've really come to like his act. He shows up on all the cable news channels. And I certainly don't get any sense that he's a, um, a, a right winger by any, by any means. No. Uh, and Axios is not a right wing outfit. But here he was on Brett Baer yesterday. But what's the feeling inside that White House? Oh, they feel great about today. Look, the White House was pretty disorganized and dysfunctional until pretty recently on this. They've only just sort of started to assemble a team. Um, but they're in a strong position. They know that Republicans are in lockstep. There is, I mean, that vote in the House, zero Republicans defecting. That was the big moment. That was the big moment. And there were two Democrats who voted against the inquiry. Correct. That was the big moment. That's when they they breathed a big sigh of relief because they had been watching a few of these House Republicans going around and saying things, and they were quite nervous that there was going to be a substantial defection in the Senate. And all signs they have at the moment are that that's not going to happen. And he went on to say later in the show that his reporting was uh, that they feel like um, it was not a not a good day for the Democrats. No, it was it was fine, but it needed to be so much more to I mean to move Americans of good conscience to oh my God we can't wait for the election we need to remove this man now permanently and and then in turn move Republicans in the Senate toward that I said it last hour. The whole Ukraine policy looked kind of sloppy and a little impulsive. It looked a little Trumpian, honestly. It was not a good look. But all's well that ends well. No harm yeah, came of it. The point of Jonathan Swan's uh, commentary, which I think is interesting, and I think he's looking at it the right way as a journalist, because uh, you can get into the details of yesterday and the shouting back and forth about this particular and that particular, but his point is it's, there wasn't anything that was going to change people's minds. The numbers are going to stay the same, and if the numbers stay anywhere close to the same, the guy is acquitted, so the end. Right. Which is a perfectly reasonable analysis of it to me. So this whole thing is the cable news fall promotion. It's their their, their effort uh, at ratings. I've changed my mind completely in the last 24 hours. On I thought it might be, uh, it might turn out that uh, one of the great, Interesting things that happened through history was the Democrats, with all these kind of practice rounds of these hearings, Mm -hmm. had perfected their skill. And history will forget that they did this like five times already before they got to this one. But they had had a chance to figure out what works, what doesn't, that sort of thing. I think the opposite has happened. I think they've done this so many times, you can't get people's attention. Right. If you hadn't had Mueller and Cohen... And geez, there's been so many of them that were historic days, and this is the day, and the networks take the coverage and all that sort of stuff. If you hadn't had so many of them, if this was the first one yesterday of the Trump presidency, mm-hmm. m- might have felt completely different. Oh, I in think terms that's of, absolutely true. In terms of impact and paying attention, it just feels like we've, we've done this every few weeks for the last three years. You know what I think is the greatest proof that, A, that's right, and B, it just feels like fraud and like the boy crying wolf and the rest of it? is even after the Mueller report came out and the Russia collusion thing was revealed to be what Trump said it was, but then the shouting turned pretty quickly to the 10 clear, provable instances of obstruction of justice. None of that is in play as an article of impeachment. They've abandoned that completely. They haven't even picked their favorite two. 
and kind of drill down on that and try to make those stick. All of that stuff was bluster. It was bullass to try to move the, the poles, you know, move the needle a little what bit. Poles? Some of them. All of them? Um, And I just, I, I'm so tired by it, and that's why I've been saying this is not an impeachment inquiry. It's just an inquiry. They're trying to dig up dirt. If at the end of your dirt digging, you have something this time, well then... Tell us and write up some damn articles of impeachment. How many times are you going to say, oh, this is a fatal, fatal uh, offense. This is something that is not forgivable. This is provable criminal. Shut up. Tell me when you're done. I suppose something new could come out next week. But if it doesn't, um, well, we all know, as as a lot of people have said, we know the ending to this movie. and, And people on the right and the left have said that. We know how it ends. Then the Senate takes it up and they, uh. They go through a little show, and then they say no, and it's over. And then uh, it'll just—I can't wait to see how people look back and judge it at that point. Well, listen. Well, that was a good idea. What was that? What did we do that for? I've been following this closely, so you don't have to, because I am a kind and generous man. Everybody says that about me, and modest. Um, The ambassadors and the quid pro quo stuff, the holding back the aid until they investigated Biden— that was the big one. That was the great sin that was going to be dragged out into the open. Now, the whole targeting of that poor ambassador lady, again, not a good look, not impressive. I, you know, the, the White House needs to get its act together. But in terms of, like, a, an impeachable offense, it's not even close. It's It's just gossip. It's just campaign material. So, to my mind, unless something huge happens... I mean, you could have Mick Mulvaney, acting chief of staff, get dragged into the hearing room and say, yeah, yep, the president really, really wanted to root out what the hell was going on with Hunter Biden, and, and we wanted them to at least say they're going to get started, and we weren't going to give them their, their missiles until they uh, they at least announced that. Yeah, that was the deal. We were just going to hold it back because we thought we had leverage over him. That's precisely what happened, and I'm proud of it, and I would do it again tomorrow. If he were to give Adam Schiff... Everything he dreams of, it would not move the American people a bit, nor the Senate. So thank you very much, and good night. Here's my last comment on uh, the impeachment thing for now, maybe for the rest of the show. Watching CBS, uh, their early show, seven minutes into their show today, they were on to something else. How big a deal could it be if seven minutes in, you're on to something else? Yeah, I just think it echoes what we've been saying. Yeah. We just got this text uh, on the whole Disney thing, how huge it has been. My kids, one in college, one in high school, signed for Disney streaming day one for one reason only, the new Star Wars show that Sean's mentioned, Malodrian, Mandalorian. Mandalorian. That was the cool car in the 80s with the wing doors. And that was a DeLorean. Like Coke snorting numbskulls. Hugely popular. Mandalorian. Hugely popular among high school. Back to the future. High school and college kids. I was completely unaware of this show. But um, I've seen this going around a lot. I was on the Twitter. I hadn't been on Twitter in a long time. I was on Twitter and I saw this bumping around people bringing this up and it's, I don't know how old you are have to be to have this make an impact on you, but in 45 days, the twenties start, which I just find shocking. I mean, obviously the math has been there all along, but the fact that we're just a few days away from the twenties beginning is, it's amazing. The 2020s. Yeah. It wasn't Y2K like a month ago. 
I don't know. That is that is a little tough to take. The Roaring Twenties. Hey, yeah, yeah. So, uh, listen, I've been contemplating this as we've been observers of the news industry and critics of it and participants in it for a long time. And it's become clear that the press in America has evolved for a lot of different reasons. Partly because there are so many different ways now to get information. They're desperate for revenue. And it used to be responsible middle-aged guys, and it was almost all guys, not that that was a good thing, um, w- w- took their jobs very, very seriously and took themselves very, very seriously. And they were reflectors of the status of stories. Big story they make a big deal about. Little stories they would just mention briefly. But now it's a part of the business model that you pick a story that you think you can go big on and you become its biggest cheerleader, its biggest huh. promoter. Yeah. We've been encouraged to do that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's hang our hats on this one. You have to explain to people why it's exciting, even if you have to make stuff up. And that's just so clearly what's happening in, in cable news right now. And, and honestly, I was, I was trying to read the New York Times last night. And I was getting so annoyed, not because I, I disagree with the ideology, though I do, but every story was an editorial. Every story was so soaking in prejudicial language. Well, that's the Laura Logan thing. I can read a story in the New York Times and not come across a single fact. Well, there were plenty of facts in this one. It's just that everything was spun. Every verb was a prejudicial one. You know, nobody says anything, they deny it, or they they shout it, or they, you know, whatever. Uh, Just every paragraph was dripping in editorial. And uh, I don't know, that's the way it is these days. Uh, I came across this in the, actually, I think we were alerted by one of our fabulous listeners. Um, The Columbia Journalism Review, which is, um, oh, I need to read what they have to say about that horrific stuff at Northwestern University. Um, if you didn't follow that story, it's just incredible, and we'll reset it later. But um, their headline is, The New York Times' Obsession with Trump Quantified. The way the press covers Donald Trump is unlike any other president in modern American history. Quantifiably so. The scholar and a couple of his research assistant students developed the data visualization tool to analyze coverage trends in the New York Times. I graphed all mentions of the terms Carter, Reagan, Bush, Clinton, Obama, and Trump from 75 through 2018. Um, and just to briefly summarize the poll, it looks like, um, the number of total number of times the terms appeared during that year. For instance, the Trump account for Trump in 2018 was, uh, over 93,000. Um, it's many multiples of any other president at any time. Looks like Obama got almost half the mentions of Trump. In a brief period that was, I think, the trotting out of Obamacare. But it's less than half. It's, uh, that's something. And, well, and there's there's more to it, too, which we can get into easily later. Easily the but, most famous person that's ever lived on the planet. But, yeah, so it's, it's clear that while Trump is definitely worth discussing in a hell of a unique guy and a hell of a unique president, he is also what we were talking about before. He is the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Cable News business model. we got to pick another no, no tea day. Where we just don't mention the T word. I think that'd be fine, and I think the world would continue spinning. Yeah, we should do it on impeachment week. I think that'd be a very bold move mm. next week, one of the days. Well, they got five uh, witnesses tomorrow, right? Yeah. Um, do you have the balls to do it tomorrow? Well, I think I do. Do you? I think I could do it pretty easily. Do you? 
Um, okay, uh, he does, apparently. Uh, among questions we should look at... That's settled. So you got a couple of different states where pot is legal, but do you let people in low-income housing or homeless in uh, various housing shelters smoke pot if pot is legal? Illinois is saying... Yes, mm-hmm. of course. It's their lives. They take responsibility. They will reap the benefits or pay the cost. Oh, that's right. Sorry. No, we're socialists now. So I get to tell you how to live your life because I'm paying for your life. Illinois says no, but it's an interesting question. That Hell other, yeah! That and other stuff on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Khloe Kardashian says she's not jealous of Lamar Odom's engagement. She says she's waiting to get back into a full relationship until she knows which NBA teams are in the playoffs. (laughs) Oh, that's not a nice thing to say. Uh, I need to watch David Spade's show more often because his jokes are funnier more often than the other people's shows are. Uh, Marsha will have the latest on whatever the latest is coming up. I, I, I'm, I'm really feeling a need to get away from the whole uh, impeachment coverage as I don't feel like a lot happened and, and people are just spinning their wheels now. So, But anyway, Marshall's got his news coming up in just a little bit. A story we've mentioned a couple of times but didn't get around to, like a lot of stories haven't been gotten around to because of the whole impeachment thing, on how Facebook had a way of hijacking your phone's camera and uh, look at what was, looking at what was going on on your phone. Really quite an amazing story. Well, I've got the update, and maybe Joe can lay out the original part of how Facebook was uh, using our cameras on our phone, and then I've got the update. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, as usual, Jack, it was an accident. It was an oversight. Rogue app. We'll get back to you, Senator. <laughs> Unbelievable. It was an accident. So, So Facebook has been using the camera... To just look at whatever's on your screen? No, the camera has been active, so it's whatever you're... So if you can kind of picture you have the Facebook app open, and you can kind of sometimes swipe through your apps, and if you move it slightly, you see that the camera is active, and it's showing, like it's preparing to take a picture that hasn't been pictured yet. Um, the theories are they're tracking location data. Something I, I don't know, um, but the, it, but it's the, not the idea that we're going to accept that it was just an accident of a program. It's a bug. It's a bug. God, they're sneaky. Facebook's <laughs> iOS app is turning on users' cameras without informing them. That's the long and short of it. The only question to me is: Are there people beneath Zuckerberg who are willing to do these things and don't tell him, or is he fully in on it? But the, the, Facebook is a company that tries to deceive you. So is Google, by the way. Mm-hmm. They try to deceive us all on a regular basis and steal more of our information for profit and pretend they're not. You signed the form. You said they could. It's not stealing. <laughs> That's their attitude. And when they get caught, they either pretend they either claim that wasn't happening or they say it was an accident. Or it was a rogue app maker. Oh, we can't believe that, uh, that then, they would do this. Then sometimes they say it was an accident and we'll fix it, and then they don't fix it. Right. <laughs> it just stays. Yeah. And, and, and few of us can actually comprehend exactly what we're doing, so it's difficult to police. The update is this. Um, uh, you could revoke Facebook's access to your camera. You can go into your settings, or you can just delete the Facebook app. If uh, if you if you're not addicted to Facebook, that's the best way to handle that. But 
It, it's, 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 it's something, these companies. Yeah, yeah. And Zuckerberg, do you think he's just out and out lying to us? He just He's just a devious liar. And he's willing to look the world in the eye and claim that these are all mistakes. Or yeah, I think he and his lawyers are—they uh, have a, a, a pretty well-crafted strategy for staying out of trouble as much as possible, getting as much data as possible, selling that as aggressively as possible. And he understands that uh, you know there are aspects of what he does. I mean, it's like very few uh, McDonald's doesn't uh, hold tours of the meat packing plants. <laughs> Where they grind up the beef, the they're, beaks. They're going to keep that behind the uh, behind the scenes. This is where we grind up the beaks and feet for the nuggets. Right. And there's a hell of a lot of that that Facebook engages <laughs> That's into. Funny if they gave a tour of where yeah. they make the food. Hey kids, here's how the burgers become burgers. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> oh kids, we've just begun. <laughs> What's coming up in your news? Oh, did you Marshall? hear about them cows washed out to sea by the hurricane? No. Swam to safety. I, I want to hear that. It's a touching. Is a Disney ought to stream it. It's an amazing story. I want to hear that, Marshall. First round of impeachment inquiry. Not a game changer. And Elizabeth Warren ramping up her war on billionaires, scaring the bejeebers out of some Democrat Party leaders. The war on billionaires. That's right. We got to debate. What Wednesday? Next Wednesday? Yeah. Very exciting. <sighs> is it? I don't know. We mentioned a little bit ago that we're 45 days away from the 20s, which is shocking to me. Yep. But, um, uh, Marshall, we got to get to this in the newscast. He's got what are likely to be the most popular baby names. Correct. For 2020, for boys, girls, and gender neutral. Finally, we have that list. <laughs> what? First time that's been added to the list. Shut yes. Uh, so that's on the way. <laughs> News now with Marsha Phillips. i got to tell you, it didn't take long for Democrats and Republicans in Wednesday's impeachment hearing to stake out their position on President Trump's actions toward Ukraine. The Democrats say the opening day of public testimonies revealed a striking account of Trump abusing his office. Republicans, though, counter the first two witnesses offered little more than secondhand stories about Trump's actions. After the hearing, GOP Representative Jim Jordan summed up their testimony this way. Neither one of them's ever talked to the president, talked to Chief of Staff Mulvaney, or talked with Mayor Giuliani. And as I said with, with Ambassador Taylor, he had three meetings with President Zelensky, and all three of those meetings never once did this idea of linking security assistance dollars to, uh, to an investigation ever come up. What's going on right now is uh, hardcore spin and posturing by both sides, which, you know, a lot of talk radio shows, that's what they do, and I get it. Um, but what's at the core of all this is just not that impressive, and I just don't think it's worth anybody's time to be obsessing over it. Boy, how many people are going to watch next Wednesday? The second yeah. tier of witnesses? The, the, the fourth day and the twelfth witness. How many people will be watching that? I wonder how long the networks hang with it. I wonder, too. I mean, they got to go back to their, their incredibly lucrative, syndicated mid-morning shows. Judge yeah. Judy brings in the yeah. money. Right. Your Judge is Judy, your Wendy's William, and the rest of them. Democratic presidential candidate. Ellen, for goodness sakes. She's charming. She's right. amusing. She's lesbian. Ellen. Democratic presidential candidate Senator Elizabeth Warren firing right back at the billionaires who've been criticizing her tax proposals, particularly her signature 
wealth tax on the richest Americans. She's airing an ad this Hasn't week. Have most people decided that's probably unconstitutional? Uh, I don't know about that. It just it's failed everywhere it's been tried. Mm. She's airing an ad this week on CNBC. It's called Warren's War on Billionaires. It is time for a wealth tax in America. I've heard that there are some billionaires who don't support this plan. The vilification of billionaires makes no sense to me. It's bull. The ad, as you heard, singles out some of the billionaires' comments, reactions to her ideas, and alleged misdeeds, like some being fined for misusing some funds, or they made millions of dollars off this or that deal. Misusing some funds. So have the government take the money, and they will use it properly. Right, exactly. Hilarious. Exactly. Yeah, don't reform the tax code just to introduce a new tax, not on what you make, but what you have. And if you still have it next year, we'll tax it some more. If It's just a complete change in, in orientation of American tax code. The idea that if the government confiscated a billion dollars from some billionaire, that they would spend it better than that billionaire. Even if that billionaire just bought ha- houses and boats, it would be better used than the way the government's <laughs> going to use it. One of the, the, uh, one of the billionaires singled out is investor Leon Cooperman, who later told CNBC in response to the Warren ad, quote, in my opinion, she represents the worst in politicians she's trying to demonize wealthy people because there are more poor people than wealthy people she is disgraceful she doesn't know what the f she's tweeting i gave away more in the year that she has in her whole effing lifetime end of quote who said that that was uh that was investor leon cooperman mm-hmm. who was named in the ad among the wealthy upset about Dropped an f-bomb way to go he's fired up among the wealthy upset about Warren's proposals are Democratic donors who've been signaling to party leaders that they'll either sit out the 2020 election or even support President Trump's re-election if she is the nominee. Well, I wonder if she's going to get with them and say, look, I don't mean this crap. I know I can't get it done. It's just virtue signaling to the masses. Try that's, to get them to the polls. That's the theory in some circles, that she's not serious about this. Right. In right. the way that Bernie is. All right, my friends, Ford is getting ready to officially launch its all-new, all-electric Mustang SUV. What's a Mustang SUV? Mustang SUV. It's not a a Mustang. It's like you said, it's a cow horse. Which is it? (laughs) Jumbo shrimp. (laughs) The Mustang Mach-E makes its debut on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Even though sales of the new EV won't officially kick off until next year, Customers are already going online to make reservations to snap it up once are it does come like, out. Like eight customers based on uh, electric sales across country in the past, unless something changes. So it's a hatchback Mustang. I'm looking at the picture right now. It just looks like a Mustang. It's a great-looking car. Yeah, it looks yeah. very cool. Fabulous, but it appears to have a hatchback. Now, are they building this because they think people want it, or is this some sort of government mandate you have to have this much something Both. or other? Yeah, I'd say it's a combination. All right, my friends. Europe, by the way, I know your cynicism about electrical vehicles based on the uh, the number the, of them the sales, selling yeah. around America, which is very, very low. I mean, in your bluest of blue areas, you see them a fair amount, right. but in the rest of the country, not really. Uh, but Europe is crazy doubling down on the electric vehicle thing. I mean, they're really, really serious about it. Uh, and, and I keep hearing noises from automakers that yeah, that is what's coming. But the amount of talk it has gotten in my life for, oh, the, yeah. for the sales. Look up the sales of electric vehicles. Go ahead. Look it up. You'll, you'll be shocked. It's, it's the low thousands. It's incredible. People just don't buy them. Right. 
All right. The new list for most popular names for 2024 babies. By the way, I, I despise this feature. I will be pouring on the hate immediately well, after it, it. The hook is the fact that there are now three lists. Yes. That's oh, the hook. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Most popular names for baby boys are going to be Alva, Tate, Diego, Easton, Cash, Cash. Cash. That's funny. We're moving away from a cash society and you're naming our children cash. Back to you. <laughs> Most popular baby I use name. Apple Pay, but named my little bundle of joy cash. <laughs> Most popular name for baby boys in 2020 will be Austin. Now, as far as girls go. I can believe all those. Uh, that's, that sounds about right. Cash. As far as girls go, the uh, top picks are Reese, Paisley, Nova. Paisley. Nova. Pearl. Pearl. And Pearl. There's Pearl. A, there's a That's a good, uh, yeah. I said Pearl. Get out here. Uh, Billy. And then the top name. Billy spelled how? B-I-L-L-I-E. Okay. Billy Eilish, the yeah. popular okay. musician. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And the top uh, the favorite name for girls, Ada. A-D-A-H. Or Ada. Ada. Okay. Yeah. Now, we get around to the top. I hope it's Ada. <laughs> we, we get around to the top. Gender neutral predictions. First time. This is the first time there's ever been a list of top gender neutral baby names. Yes. Okay. Here they are. This is so that you don't push your child to one gender or another. Right. You let them make the sex is a social construct. They are Phoenix, Remy, Darcy, Quinn, Emerson, and top gender neutral name Pat. Alice. E L L I S. Alice. Whatever the frig. All right, here's. <laughs> so now, evidently, the idea of waiting till the end of the year and kind of counting up uh, and, and saying, hey, these were the most no, popular. No, no. You now we have it. to predict it. Yes. 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 And it's all done scientifically. The company checked out 70,000 choices do we that have people any, have been looking up. Do we have any belief that people actually are going to go with gender-neutral names to not push their kid toward one gender or another? Please do not use gendered language to, to, to address to everyone. Yes, sir, we have an elevator. Can you please take that next time? <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> There's Please one name a, your child Pat. I doubt there's one in a million parents that are going to do that. That, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I'll thank you to quit trying to shove your intersectional philosophy down our throat, Marshall, with your feature at there, please. So then in the, in the 2020s, half of the children born were named Pat, Sam, and Chris because nobody <laughs> wanted to push their child toward one gender or another during a brief period of insanity that gripped the world. Later in that decade, people looked around them and saw reality and realized, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, there are differences between boys and girls, and they find their own way, and it's okay. You don't need to promote it. They'll find their way. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. 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 So I want to get to that uh, smoking pot in the projects question. Man, you, you just brought it up. I got all fired up. And two articles in the Washington Post today questioning the value of uh, college, college educations, mm. and the whole college thing, which are worth taking a look at because it's uh, well, it's it's got problems, as we all know. I would say it does. I've not run anybody named Cash. It's kind of a cool name. 
My nephew's name is Cash. Yeah, that's are, a cool are name. Out, so, do, outdated modes of commerce going to become popular as names like cable and taxi? <laughs> is it just nostalgia for old modes of commerce? <laughs> Network? How about that? Network TV. This is my son, Network TV. Fax machine. Exactly. My, my fax. daughter's fax machine. Yeah. yeah. yeah Eight exactly. track. Hilarious. High-speed rail. (laughs) (laughs) All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Adidas has announced it will close a series of automated factories in the U.S. and Germany where it used robots to make shoes and will move manufacturing to Asia where it will use child robots. Mm. I think that as a punchline is a little worn. Third world child labor. Uh, As humor, I would agree. As a commentary to remind people, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, Um, I would agree. Are people tiring of the Thanksgiving meal? I've got some data on that coming up in a moment. Has the turkey jumped the shark? Oof. Jump high, little turkey. <laughs> you ever seen those uh, sharks leaping up and, and grabbing the seals specials? Yeah, those are good. <laughs> Air jaws. Yes. Um, so if you're in one of those states where pot is legal, do you let people smoke pot in low-income housing or uh, you know, in your homeless shelters and all that sort of stuff? Uh, This story out of Illinois, recreational pot is about to become legal in Illinois, but Chicago's housing authority says not in our backyard or front yard or anywhere in public housing premises. Interesting. Tell you what, this is a bong full of perspective. All right. Keep the pot metaphors going. I'm enjoying that. I have several of them. (laughs) But go on. Uh, Housing voucher recipients received a letter from the agency last week warning them about the ramifications of smoking or possessing pot on federally funded grounds. Okay, so it's federal money, and it's still against the law on the federal level. All right, which brings up a rather dumb aspect of drug laws, but yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, the feds just won't get on board. Or it's so slow. Right. In a nutshell, those who violate the federal law could face eviction. While federal law prohibits marijuana use and possession, it's federally subsidized housing is working to educate and inform residents so they understand all applicable laws, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'd say in general, if I'm just looking at it on the, from the outside as a normal human being, yeah, if it's legal, you got to let people do it. But it's illegal and, on a federal level, Jack. Unless you don't allow, what if you don't allow smoking in general? God, I was reading the other day. Um, what was this story? It was about a couple of the crazes that have caught on with shoddy, um, shoddy information to back them up, but they just became fact. Secondhand smoking is one of them. Oh, like urban legends? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Secondhand smoking. The data on the damage of secondhand smoking. It's so small, and it's not even very good data on the the numbers that showed it to be small. Mm. That data might not even be right. It's practically nothing, but it just caught on as a thing and changed a lot of America. A lot of the rules about smoking, including uh, all your... Areas of the country where there's no smoking in bars and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all based on secondhand smoking, and it's almost nothing. Right. You remember that story that if you smoked in your apartment, 
It might somehow waft like out your window and up the apartment wall and into somebody else's yeah, window yeah. or through the vents or whatever. Yeah, it, yeah, if somebody if somebody sits in the office next to you and smokes, it's not that likely it's going to do you any harm, let alone people three houses over. Right. But, right. um, but or it in on. an open on a golf course. All right. There are yeah. golf courses in Cal Unicornia where logic goes to die. That it's banned to smoke a cigarette on the golf course because a guy three holes over. Well, if he catches a whiff of that, he probably will be dead of cancer by the time he puts out on seventeen. <laughs> and then, of course, the the famous um, plastic straws one, where a third sure. grader wrote a paper and made up a number. Right, and that is why we don't have straws in a bunch of places in America. Where are the adults anyway? Um, back to the housing project where they're getting stoned. Um, uh, so just trying to figure this out, and then California is looking at uh, what should they do, and I don't know. Well, I'm a lover of liberty, Jack. I think people ought to make their own decisions, then take responsibility for them. Obviously. But here's the deal. Socialists, and one day you love it, the next day you act like it's fascism. He who pays the bill calls the shots and then takes responsibility for the results. Yeah, I like the whole freedom. You get to do what you want. But if I am paying for your house... right. I'm not going to let my kids smoke pot or drink in the house if they're still living there, mm-hmm. and I'm paying for it. Probably, right. I don't know. Well, there's, um, but uh, there is a, a terrible need for more information on the medical effects of marijuana, uh, especially on young people. But one thing that's incredibly well documented by every stoner who has ever lived, and there are exceptions to this, but those people understand their exceptions. Smoking pot makes you lazy. It decreases your motivation. It's, in fact, they call it anti-motivational, a THC syndrome, something like that. I can't remember. But anybody who's ever smoked pot knows this. So the idea that some person is just, well, Trump's economy has got them down or white supremacy or whatever hogwash uh, has uh, given them a poor life. And so what we're going to do is pay for their housing and their food and their medicine and the rest of it because they're trying as hard as they can. To get on their feet and take responsibility for their own lives. God bless them. But they're high all day. That is a direct, direct correlation. Or it has a direct relationship to me financing their life. So no, you can't smoke pot. Not only that, but I want you to work out for 25 minutes every morning. Then get up, get your ass out of bed, and go do something. If I'm paying for you, I get to tell you that. Yeah. If you don't want me to tell you that, don't ask me to pay for you. This stuff is very simple. Um, did the whole medical marijuana farce thing go away with the legalization of pot in places? Or does that still Meaning exist what? at the same time? Where you can still... Uh, get online and, and, and find a doctor who will tell you you got elbow oh, pain. In states where it's not yet recreationally but legal. It, but in places where it is legal, do they still have the medical thing? Because I was thinking of the housing. Well, then you just say, well, I have to smoke this marijuana because yes. I've got glaucoma. <laughs> yes, there there are still those that have medicinal. And, and there's different um, regulations affecting people with a, a medicinal use uh, as opposed to recreational in terms the, of how much you can have. I just right, wondered if, there were, you can, if yeah. the parallel tracks continued where you can well, smoke it legally but you can also do the farce thing if you want to well it's it's not entirely a farce but um, it is for some people oh yeah well i just said it's not entirely a farce that's what i'm saying well my Um, point is is this a way you could get around it at the in the low-income housing by doing the farce thing by claiming you got elbow pain yeah yeah it depends i mean that's there's 
patchwork of state laws, so I don't know. But yeah, presumably you okay. could. Yeah. Well, then that's not going to work anyway. Yeah. So if the, if the medical farce thing still is a possibility, we'll crack down all you want. They'll just okay. Well, instead except, of buying it there, I'll buy it here. Except if it's federal fund, federally funded property, the federal law holds sway, so right. that probably wouldn't work. Right. Which again. Yeah, I, I had gotten past that. That's the problem. I don't know how they're going to work that out. I'm I'm on your argument of if I'm paying for your housing, you don't get to sit around and smoke pot. Right, right. Uh, never mind Waldo. Where's Congress? That ought to be the catchword of our day. Where's Congress? Immigration. Drugs. hundred different things. Where's Congress? Yeah, they're busy. Uh, they polled Americans on Thanksgiving, Joe. People are tiring of the, of the uh, typical mail. Tiring of traditions. Find that troubling. Hmm. That's one of the top five reasons for breaking from Thanksgiving traditions. A quarter of Americans think they say they want to do something different for Thanksgiving. And then reasons for breaking from Thanksgiving tradition include um, bored with doing the same thing year after year. That hurts my heart. Yeah. That's what I like about Thanksgiving and yes. Christmas and a bunch of that stuff. It's grounding. That's the best part of it. It's a, the rhythm. We're losing the rhythms of life. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll get into that later. The, the 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 stuff on the table that people like the least and the most and that need to go. Green bean casserole. I could do without that. 